everybody. Today on Hey Nonprofits, Raise More Money, we have the, the good fortune of having our friend from Octria, Lori Hockman, coming on. Lori's a sweetheart of a person, and it always exudes such positivity and willingness to help. She was the first employee ever at Octria after running fundraising events at her children's school and learning about fundraising firsthand in the trenches, in the weeds, so to speak, and raising a tremendous amount of money. Now she helps nonprofits all over the country and North America do just that. There's a lot of software options out there, and we are pro software at HGA Fundraising. We think it could have a massive impact on your next event or any event, for that matter, that you decide to host for your organization. So this is just one of many conversations that we'll have with a bunch of different software providers. You do your research. You can ask us what we think about different providers and, and what have you and, and what they offer. There's a lot of options out there, just like there's a lot of consignment opportunity providers out there as well. I mean, we're all trying to help organizations like yours raise more money. Lori is definitely one of the good ones. And I really hope that you enjoy this episode. Ladies and gentlemen, Lori Hockman from Octria. I think that what you're doing on the webinar is fantastic. And so I'm no expert, but I, I just know what I know. And I know how easy it is to work with you, how easy it is to talk with you. And I think that that's obviously your strength and I wouldn't change a thing. I mean, you have folks that are watching and attending and I'm, all, I'm really, really trying to get engagement on the webinars, you know, more than anything, frankly. I just want, I want people to know it's like, sure, we have slides, sure, we have guests. We have a topic, but I just wanted to get some questions. You know what I mean? That kind of, I think that's like, I guess that's kind of like the Holy Grail, I suppose. It's just like more engagement. I mean, visitors and attendees would be one thing for sure, right? It is. And, and it's an entire pipeline, getting that information out there, getting the people to attend, getting engagement during. But then even if people didn't register, how are you going to get the people, excuse me, if they didn't attend, but they registered to re-engage with it? So We've been testing a lot of chopping stuff up into smaller units, putting that on LinkedIn, because those algorithms are a little different if it's smaller. I, I'm not an Instagram person I understand. At all, I don't think but... our I don't think our audience, I mean, we're on Instagram and I think it's fun. And I think you have to have an Instagram, you know, obviously a handle and, and, and content, but I don't know if our audience is living there. I'm not really sure. So the not, per, not I think, so... I usually steal, not steal, grab, share. That's what it's all about on social media. Our event planners do a lot with video, a lot with photos in the room, Good. that sort of thing. I could see that with, you know, your live events, uh, your live auction items, selling, bid paddles going up, you know, grabbing all that is very, very interesting and interactive. I do a lot of sharing on the Instagram and not necessarily as much um, original content because I don't have it. You know, I'm a software. What do I show somebody? Click a bid button. I mean, Here's a spreadsheet. Boring. Here's a spreadsheet for you. Have fun with this. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's, I think it's good feedback. We hired a really, really astute podcast auditor. The thing that was fascinating actually, and really, really obvious was putting links on certain platforms because you talk about algorithms. He said, the platforms are not in the business of profiling and sharing links that get them off their platform. So if we're sharing like a YouTube link on LinkedIn, LinkedIn views that as, okay, well, you're sending folks away from LinkedIn. And it just, right, exactly. It just sounds so obvious, but it's something to really, really keep in mind. And then 
I thought it was also really, really cool because we're dealing with a very, you know, not a small audience, so to speak, with nonprofits, but a very, very a myopic focus on just nonprofit. Very, very yeah, yeah, exactly. Nonprofit professionals. And so having an audience, having knowing exactly who your audience is, is a gift and being able to speak to them and understand, obviously, pain points and what they go through and things like that. And if I, if we've said it once, we've said it a hundred times in the last couple of months, it's just like underpaid, overworked, you know what I mean? Understaffed, stressed, you know, so whatever we can do to help and provide some kind of, you know, obviously value, number one, and information and know-how with guests and with different technology and stuff like that. That's really the winning recipe is giving the best information away for free. I'm all in on that. The more information they have, the more confidence they have in themselves for fundraising. And when they hang out with others like that, kind of like on our, our auction team talk pages, everybody that's doing the same thing. And then they're boosting each other up and they're giving each other ideas. And it just, it just raises the water level for everybody. I think it's yeah the tide that rises all boats. I get the, the way you run things and the way you exude this positivity and how you come across on, you know, I see you a lot on LinkedIn and just how you are to interact with and to work with. I really, really get the impression that you've been doing this for a long time. I also get the impression and you treat this like it's your own. So I had a gut feeling without asking you that you started this company. Am I, am I crazy for asking that? Will you, you tell me the, really, will you tell me you the are, origin story, please? Yeah. You are really, really close, Trevor. Okay, cool. So when my son was in second grade, he is now a sophomore in college. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You got that time frame? Yeah, yeah I'm with it. I'm what? with it. I'm not going to date you, but I'm with it. Now, now I look up to him. Now he's much taller than I am. I was active on our PTA and I had worked for years and years and years, went back to work as soon as he was born. Then come kindergarten, we had some illnesses in our family and uh, I stopped working for like all of two years and I dove into PTA. We were looking for a different fundraiser, we were looking for auctions. I am like, I am not doing this unless I can do it efficiently. Found Octria online and started using it. About two years later, I emailed our founder, the founder, who was all of one person and said, you have no marketing information on here. You have no articles. You have no this, right? Let me help you out. Wow. And ever since then, I have been working here at Octria. So although I wasn't the founder, I am um, employee number one and proud to share that with 18 of us right now good for you wow that sounds like a very similar origin story as a matter of fact yeah i love it i had a hunch when you have that natural you know you're very genuine and and sincere and when you speak about the product and fundraising in general that's very hard to teach right so I assume that it just came to you innately because of some story like this. And I love it. I think that's fantastic. And I'm still working. I mean, my kid left high school three years ago and the high school auction is running actually this week. I'm so excited oh, for fun. them. Cool. And they're already up to five grand and it just opened yesterday. And I'm cheering them on because they took what I did and just used that as a foundation and have built and built and built upon it. And I think that's what's so great about, you know, these teams and, and working with a software that you can pass over to somebody else, pass over to the next generation of people that are coming up. And then they just build from that. I always say event fundraisers grow from year to year. They'll start small and they will get grand. So, you know, I want people not to be afraid when they see, oh, my God, they're making, you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands. How are they doing that? How can we do that the first year? You can't. 
but you can get there. Totally. Yeah, it would be like someone like grabbing a bike at the bike shop and be like, I'm going to be a road cyclist. Well, it's like, listen, you're not going to win the Tour de France. There is a human <laughs> being that does win that race, but it, it's probably not going to be you yet. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Right. And by the way, you can still be a successful cyclist without winning the Tour de France. You know what I mean? So, right. yeah, so we can get, we rub elbows and have made such amazing relationships, this being one of them in our space. And I'm really, really grateful for it. I'm flattered by it, honored. It's a privilege, all these things. And we do talk with, you know, folks, organizations that raise millions of dollars at events. But yep. every event is so different and every organization is so different. The million dollar success, it can, you know, it can be portrayed at a smaller event with $100,000 and be just as impactful, right? And just as much of a success story. So I think, yeah, I think we should continue to have that conversation about how, li listen, we're not judging ourselves based on those figures and comparison is the thief of joy and there's no there's no benefit to comparing ourselves but of course it does give us something to shoot for and we our dreams and aspirations should scare us a little bit you know what i mean but it is a journey for sure absolutely grab that big idea totally. and harness that and try to you know aspire to it and I always say it depends, it depends. And it's like such a cliche to start, you know, when somebody says, how many auction items should I have? How much money do you think we can raise? What should we start our sponsorship levels at? How many um, live auctions should we have? Where should we have it? How much money should, it, it's always, it depends, it depends, it depends. But it really does. It depends on the human equity you have within your organization for skill sets where you can go out and subcontract those or pick those up as ancillaries with event planners or AV people or caterers and, you know, all that good stuff sure. versus what you have internally. And then it depends on your audience also. Is your audience going to come to a party? Are they not going to come to a party? Do they prefer something online? How do, do they, they want to be entertained? And intimate? Do they prefer that to be at a carnival environment? So, I mean, it is just a huge swath of, options that they have and it's until you start to kind of observe what others are doing that's why it's kind of good to hang out on social media and, and open your eyes you know tune in your ears and exactly exactly and a lot of times you'll find other organizations in your geography that are doing something similar and you can learn from them but then a lot of times you'll find people that are in the same mission space as you and you can learn from them also. Yeah, I think that one of the worst human traits there is and definitely in our space is rigidity. So, you know what I mean? It's, you know, when it comes to fun, if we could just like grab some committee members by the shoulders and say, hey, be flexible and try new ideas and don't be afraid because that's what donors want, man. <laughs> you know, I, I think still do that. I still do that, absolutely. It's like, do I put the item as a, auction item or do I put as a stamp as a, as a raffle? You know what? I happen to have two of them and I'm going to do it both ways and I'm going to see which one wins. And then I'm going to use that information later. You know, you see all the, the tech people, they're always A-B testing, A-B testing, A-B testing. You know what? You can A-B test fundraising activities. Yeah. Those are, those are core competencies that cross industry. Do you know what I mean? Like all those things, you know, what, what works exactly you said for like tech companies or whatever works for email campaigns or text campaigns with donors. And you should be imparting the same, you know, ideas and thought processes. And like I say, their core competence, competencies that, that cross industries you've been, it's interesting because it'll segue nice because I had, a, you know, I had some questions like, you know, you've been in the space for a decade, 
the better part of a Correct. decade. Yeah. And have seen, I mean, and you've been in the software space. So I want to, I want to go ahead and say we were very early adopters of software. I know that the, and, and I want you to talk about this, like the, the maturation process. I think that software wasn't adopted by nonprofits as quickly as it should have been. I think that despite the vessel being horrific, COVID ushered in a new wave of adoption and necessity, of course, right? To fundraise that way. And then now we have this other, and I'm, I'm segmenting and, and if I'm missing something, you tell me. I remember software with, I think they were like little mini iPods. I remember some events where they're using software where we're getting away from paper bidding sheets and that just scared people so much and yada, yada, yada. And like, and like now no one has a hard time using their smartphone. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. And so there's all that. So you've seen, you've seen quite the change and we've always been, like I said, been very, very pro software for so many reasons, for so many obvious reasons, but like, where are we right now? Are we, are we hitting that point where we're seeing a dreaded snapback? We're like, Hey, we don't have to worry about raising money on our phones anymore. We could do it with paper again. Or, you know, what, what, kind, what are you seeing? Or are you just seeing that, that rise still happening? That's a great observation, Trevor. Thank so you. when I started working at Octree, I think we had four icons on the left-hand side. Now our dashboard has about 15 entries on the left-hand side to help you raise money, whether it's with tickets and sponsorships and raffles and donors and all sorts of things. And we have had online auctions forever. Like I, I go everything by, by grade of my kids. So when he was in fourth grade, that's when we we're doing the online auctions, which is way before, before COVID, like I said, because he's gigantic. The software allowed you to make you look awesome. You were able to print your bid sheets and they look nice and clean and crisp and you didn't have to do the work automatically. I, I always say bid sheets without a calculator. You don't have to figure out what your increments are. So fast forward over to growth and growth and growth and then COVID hit. And a lot of these other softwares panicked and they're like, oh my God, what are we going to do? We have to go online. And we're like, are you kidding? We've already been there. We've already been doing that for years. And when I was doing webinars during that time frame, when people were panicked right at that March time when everything was happening, I would have webinars and show people how they could go into our system and literally do mass change and go from silent auction to online auction, click all, done. And that's as quick as it happened. The rest of the time on the webinar was getting people to come in off the ledge and it's okay to ask for fundraising During still. This time, yeah, yeah. But it's funny that you mentioned about, is there a snapback? There are some groups that are worried, oh my gosh, my audience is elderly, especially some of the community-based religious groups. Well, you're in Florida, elderly. so I mean, I'm sure you see plenty of that, yeah. I do. No offense, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do, but it's like the churches and the, the synagogues that have, you know, preschools all the way up to seniors. You know, they've got a huge, you know, age range of people that they're talking to. And I always tell people, you know what, meet them where they are. If that person is elderly and they're afraid of the phone and putting that information in there, you can have a kiosk mode set up there. You know, treat them with white glove service. They've been with your community for years and years and years and years and years, and you don't want to alienate them. You want to do paper bit sheets? We're, we're, we're calling them vintage now, as ridiculous Ooh, as that sounds. Yeah. People are like, oh, we're going old Bringing school. the 501 we're Levi's back. With, back. Yeah. We're going back to school with paper and pen. The, the answer is, it depends what makes your audience happy and, and you can do any of those. There is absolutely a reason to do them based on your group. I love meeting them where they're at. It's such great phraseology that can be applied to so many things. And we always are, you know, trying to 
push a boulder uphill, as I like to say, and it's very, very easy to meet folks where they're at. The vintage, we'll have like trapper keeper. Bitter sheep. <laughs> <laughs> right? You know scan, what? We'll have scantrons and number two pencils, you know, the <laughs> throwback event. You know what I mean? That'll be fun. Then I'll start sweating again peaches. with the, the peaches with the track athlete. I think there's a tremendous opportunity with schools that hasn't, hasn't been tapped into yet where they're, they come from your background where you're like raising money for your kid's school, but they're not champion fundraisers, a lot of them. And there's just yeah. so much opportunity to raise money, you know, for those schools and what have you, that I think that's a, a there's a massive opportunity there. But um, the challenge with the schools is that I think a lot of those committees flip over a lot turnover. more frequently. Yeah, yeah. And so that's why technology is so important to have because I did, I worked on this, you know, school that was, you know, three schools ago from my elementary and my kid is in college, they can still access that data and they know exactly what was listed. They know who their donors were. They know who to ask for auction items. They, you know, have an idea of where the funds are going, where they're coming. And then they can go back longitudinally also and tell their constituents, hey, we've been running this auction for 10 years. We have built the playgrounds. We have filled the books. We have enriched the children for a decade. I mean, that's an incredible story that you're telling your audience. We've been doing this for a decade and this is where these funds have gone. And you know, you're the next generation coming through and we want to do the same thing for your students. I love, here are the keys. I love that. I think that's fantastic. Correct. So my partner, Jason, I don't think you've met Jason yet. We are both huge proponents, like I said, adopters of, of, of tech and software. And we think that we'll, we'll say crazy stuff and you don't have to agree or anything like that. <laughs> we'll say crazy things like you add software to your event, your revenue just went up 30%. You're just, it's that simple. Just like year to year because you have these, all these tools working for you. Now we're big, big believers and not necessarily looking backwards, but how much data you can derive from an event if you have good software, right? And you know how Correct. to use it and, 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 and how that can help you predict the future and what to do to raise money moving forward. We are huge, huge proponents of this. It might be, like I said, we make out, outrageous claims like you're going to you know, just raise that much more money. And you have so much data at your fingertips, like identifying new donors, identifying new supporters, Correct. new sponsors. Everything's housed in one place. You can get in the weeds. Even if you're allergic to spreadsheets, it's all <laughs> right there. Do you know what I mean? Like, and that can really, really have such a huge, a huge effect on your future when it comes to fundraising. So that's one of the big, big, big things that, that pops out to me. Because the obvious things are the obvious things, Lori. So we have connectivity with the donor database and supporters and, and what have you. And text availability or ability and email ability. And you build this beautiful auction site. And you put all the items there. And you can appeal to folks in person and appeal to folks who can't make the event. And you can run all your ticketing and all this. Those are all the obvious things. I just said right. something about like data and all the things that you can derive, all the nuggets and gold that you can derive from that kind of stuff. What is not obvious to folks I th is my question that you come across. It's not obvious to most organizations when they're considering using software or changing providers or, you know, upgrading their software experience and what they're going to use for their event. What is something that's just like huge, like aha, 
that you see a lot of folks just kind of miss. You are heading down the right pathway there, Trevor, for sure. So I always say event fundraisers have two purposes. One to raise money, and the second one is to raise awareness. And that raise awareness piece is so vital because you have them either at an event, you've got 45 minutes, run a show, you're putting those impact videos up there, you are interacting with the group, your board member should have a big button on it, says, ask me about you know this organization. And that's your chance to touch people, you know, physically and then in their hearts also, because then they're going to walk away and they are going to be so happy that they've had the opportunity to donate and support your cause. So tech wise, how am I grabbing those nuggets out of there? So if you're doing an online auction with our emails and you can do system emails and you can modify those, there's so many little nuances. Sometimes the bidding will get too high. I just can't afford it. I change that system email and I add in there, bidding get too high, care to make a donation instead. Of course, like, oh my God, I didn't even think about it. Your bidder's not going to think about that. And unless you give it to them on a silver platter with a button to hit, it probably won't happen. So there's little things along the way that you can activate people with. And then after the event ends, that is not the end. Like you said, you want to grab that information, put it into your CRM, and it doesn't have to be integrated. Everybody's like, is it integrated? Is it integrated? You do not need all the minutiae, the back and forth. You need that final number. Who was there? What was the total? Grab that info, upload it. And then that's, you know, the next stage of your relationship with this donor and close out the conversation. How much did you raise? And what are you going to do with that money? That is the number one way to get them to click again, re-engage and be part of your community for a long-term situation. And I always go, thank, 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 ask, thank, 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 ask. So all that's part of that process. You're thanking them for coming. You're thanking them for those dollars. You're thanking them because they've made an impact filling the bowls, sheltering the animals, enriching the education, whatever that is. And then after that third one, that's the fourth, then you have the permission to ask again. I think it's lovely. Yeah. We have a lot in co- Our outlooks uh, coincide. <laughs> so I think it's good. It's nice to speak to yeah, like-minded individuals. I think it's awesome. I think there's so much capability on the tech side, right? For engagement and awareness, like you mentioned. And then of course, giving is obvious. I just want to keep pushing people and keep nudging people and encouraging people to... Yeah, try something they haven't done. Message people in a different way. You know, message people in every way. Social, email, text, phone, the whole not, you know what I mean? And with good software and good data, you can do all those things and they all lead to success. The website templates that we give people, they can use it out of the box, click the button and it's done. And we're constantly putting fresh ones up. We've done Carnival and under the big Yeah, I remember seeing that on the webinar. It's cool. All stuff, all sorts of fun stuff. And or if you're like, Laura, I don't want any of that. Just give me a core and let me build it out. But here's the thing, on that website, you can use that to put your testimonials, your impact, why your ambassadors are giving. You wanna have your ambassadors sharing that information out. You can do live kickoffs and stream that through YouTube, put it up on that website. That way you're always looping back. It's like one big 360 degree circle because you always want them coming back to look at the auction, bid on stuff, make donations, participate, buy a raffle ticket, engage. And then you can push that replay back on there. That way they can watch them. You can do mini videos for other testimonials. And like I said, your ambassadors are going to be your 
whether it be your board members, grab a little video from them, post that. Video just makes people pause. It makes them stop scrolling for a moment. And then, you know, you talk about engagement after, after they register or buy a ticket or, or participate in our system. There's a little area where it says, yes, I want to be part of your email list. I mean, it's so passive that you can grab that so quickly and have that on your on your on your list moving forward it's just there's so many little things along the way that just build over and over and over and make it into you know a successful event it's not just one big sledgehammer that's going to come in and do it it's all these little steps and being aware and taking advantage of it being aware they're all going towards the same direction it sounds like a it sounds like a giant you know sorry to be cliche smarter not harder you know prophecy this is right that's what it sounds like you know and that's and and everyone needs that especially if you're raising money you know everyone needs it and and what i i love about software in general is how it removes friction points it just makes it really really easy for folks to engage and to give right Big time. And you want to make sure you are in something that is mobile friendly. Yeah. Um, that is just absolute key. And your event website, when you use Autria, will automatically be mobile friendly. People will be able to pull it up on their phone, click a button, bid, participate, donate, watch a video, image a carousel that you have rolling around that show the impact. Whatever that is, it will be mobile friendly because that's where people are hanging out. Yep. Totally. No, I love that. I think it's great. Well, that's, yeah. I would hope it's mobile friendly, not your software, but anyone that anyone's using. I, I know it's a lot of free providers or whatever. Other. Yeah, yeah. It's a crazy world, but yeah, I would hope so. I would hope that would be the case. It's, I, I mentioned to you, it's really, really fun. You're always smiling and it's always great to see what you're putting out into the world because we've been following you for a minute now. Tell the folks where they can find you so they can see the same thing. And then if you want, Will you, you know, plug the um, Facebook page as well that we're trying to get you over a thousand, a thousand subscribers or followers or what you call it in Facebook. Sorry for not being a Facebook guy. That's okay. That's okay. You're not a middle-aged woman, so I don't expect you to be on Facebook. You're not a 50-year-old lady. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what I am. Oh, that's so funny. Well, I heard Facebook's coming back. I gotta be honest with you. I heard Facebook's coming back and obviously you're, you're a part of that. You're moving that, that needle, so to speak, but do us a favor, Lori. I want folks to be exposed to what you're putting out in the world because it's always really, really positive. Like I said, you're always smiling. I really, really mean it. It's very refreshing. And I know how eager you are to help. So yeah, tell folks where they can find you if you don't mind. It's my pleasure. So our main website is Octria.com. If you do slash webinars, you'll find all of our free webinars. You'll see ones that Trevor was on just yeah, recently. Fun. And you'll fun. see any of the past information. And on our webinars, you don't even have to put in your email address to watch them. We don't gatekeep any of our information because we want you to raise as much money as possible. If you're on Autria.com, you can slash slash pricing. Our pricing is up there on the website. All of our information is there. We are active on Facebook. Our Facebook group auction team talk, T-E-A-M talk, is the nicest page on Facebook. There's over 900 people that are just like you guys trying to raise money for your auction event fundraisers. Not only do committee members hang out there, but Trevor and you know your peers as well as auctioneers, event planners, and they chime in all the time. So there's a lot of good info and a lot of friendly faces that can help you succeed. That's awesome. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, after this, after, after folks um, hear this episode, there's going to be over a thousand on your um, Facebook page. 
So that's I, really, really cool. I'm looking we'll go ahead and take credit for that right now. We've got a pretty, <laughs> we got a pretty rabid audience and they're pretty amazing. Yeah. And they're, and they're, and they're happy to help. So really, really oh. cool. I can't thank you enough, Lori, for the time. Thanks so much. I, yeah, I will also plug the webinar. It's very, very fun. Your webinars are awesome. Are they weekly or are they bi-weekly? So they're usually once a week, okay. pretty much every Wednesday. Summer, I took a little bit of a break. Um, but yeah, every Wednesday, in fact, even over the fall, we were doing Tuesdays and Wednesdays. I was duping up. I was doing Tuesday tips and then I was doing Wednesday webinars. Far out. Yeah. Check that out, everybody. I was on it. Really, really fun. Ton of great information. Lori adopts the same ideology that we do about giving our best information away for free. And I think that anyone that checks out the webinar will get some value out of it. And yeah, just put it on your calendar. It's every Wednesday and it doesn't compete with, with ours, which is every Thursday. So we have no problems with Oxtria. That's fantastic. <laughs> I'm always wishing everybody bids that soar and I hope they crush the fundraising goals. Oh, that's awesome. I really, I can't thank you enough for coming on, Lori. Really, really fun. And we're looking forward to connecting with you again soon and, and joining on another webinar or vice versa. And thanks so much for taking the time. Appreciate it. Appreciate what you do. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you love our podcast, click the download button, rate us, and follow us on social media at HGA Fundraising. Get out there, start fundraising, and raise more money. See you next time.